folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with Derek Klassen. I needed a QB expert, Derek, for today's episode. And I just want to ask you, are you ready for this? This could be the most intense podcasting experience you've ever had. Well, I'm not sure I'm an expert, but I can try to hit the quota. I, I, I can do my best impression here. See, I don't <laughs> think you can do that because your name on Twitter is QB Class as in Classen, and you write film room pieces for Football Outsiders. You've also contributed to our local friends here at Zone Coverage, watching Kirk Cousins tape, so I think that you qualify. In fact, you are exactly who I wanted to have this discussion with because the Internet has been aflame with debates over Kirk Cousins and final drives after the Vikings lost on, uh, well, a, a final drive gone wrong, one of many since Kirk Cousins arrived here. So I want your opinion on final drives, and I also want us to talk about who we would take above Kirk Cousins in terms of final drives to win or tie a game, and we'll kind of rank them or put them into buckets or whatever. But I just want to ask you, do you think there's something to it? Because I went through all of his situations where he could either tie or win a game, and he's three for nine. Um, there was the game against the Packers in 2018. There was um, the game against the New Orleans, obviously, in the playoffs where he led a game-winning drive. But there have also been a lot that have left much to be desired. So do you think from watching a lot of Kirk Cousins, as you have on tape, that there is something about him specifically that causes him to not succeed when the game is on his shoulders with a minute left down by seven or three or whatever? So I think the thing with that is like in, in those situations where you've got, you know, yeah, like a minute left and you know, you're down by a touchdown or four points or whatever the hell in those situations, you have to have some kind of trump card, whether that's you're hyper aggressive and are willing to throw anything like Jameis Winston or whether you have just an outrageous arm like, um, I don't know, a Justin Herbert or, you know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously like the, the peak example. 
Um, or you need to be able to be a guy who can create time for yourself in the pocket um, with your mobility. And Kirk's not like a bad athlete, but he's not going to be scrambling around the way that, you know, I don't know, uh, Deshaun Watson can or something like that. He's not going to be able to make opportunities that aren't there. And so when you get into these situations where you they're almost entirely dependent on the quarterback making an opportunity for themselves, and you're not a quarterback who really has a trump card, even if you're otherwise a pretty decent quarterback, you kind of fall into the situation where the game situation is such that you can't really play within the structure of the offense, and then you don't have anything that helps you play out of it. And it's, I think for Kirk in particular, that's a problem. And you said he's three of nine, and honestly, that Saints game is like, not that he didn't make a good throw or whatever, but like the, the way that that one unfolded was not really because Kirk did anything spectacular. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, well, first wins a coin flip, so that helps right. <laughs> over time. Uh, they did blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and not trust Kirk with the ball on other drives that allowed Drew Brees to set himself up to go forth and tie the game. And if they win the coin flip, I have no doubts that Vikings history is quite a bit different after that game um, because I think that it would have been – the game you blew in New Orleans to Drew Brees, and they're, uh, you know, I, maybe they don't call it a miracle if it's Drew Brees and he does it. They just expect that to happen. But um, on the Kirk Cousins point with his skill set, he has a strong arm, but it's not a mega strong arm. And he has a little mobility, maybe more this year than I've ever seen him, but it certainly is not anything that's going to uh, allow him to dodge tacklers and roll out and, and make all these different plays. And I think that those two things specifically hurt with the way defenses play in the final minute of games, because you have a defensive lineman who are just frothing at the mouth, ready to come after you. They know you have nothing else that you can do except for drop straight back so you can beat Riley Reef around the edge when that happens you can beat some guys inside Reef had a very very tough day and and that's the thing if you have a good edge rusher and Riley Reef has to face you man-to-man with him knowing you're going to pass Riley Reef is not a guy who's going to win that every time so then you have Cousins who is kind of averse to throwing into really tight spaces and I think he hesitates sometimes in these situations and and will prefer to throw it underneath to somebody open even the throw to Jefferson that Jefferson dropped yesterday that's still a Cousins final drive type of play to go underneath rather than trying to push the ball downfield because I think at times he doesn't even believe in his own arm strength and accuracy and I think a lot of Vikings fans would like to see him trust it a little more. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is, like, Kirk does have a pretty good arm. Granted, like you said, he doesn't trust it nearly as much as he probably should. Um, and he's a decent enough athlete that he should be able to not make a tackler miss every time, but at least enough to where he should be able to try it. But the thing is, kind of like I said, like, on these drives, you really need a trait that's like a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 that you can kind of rely on. Kirk has a lot of, like, seven and a halfs, which is great when the offense is doing what it needs to do. It's not great when you have a situation like this, and then you're also a quarterback who's, like you mentioned, kind of averse to testing these windows. And really, Kirk's arm is good enough, his accuracy is good enough that he should be able to test these windows. And it's not like these receivers are bad. You know, Thielen and Jefferson in particular, I think, are plenty good enough contested guys that if you give them enough opportunities, over time, these drives are going to work out. But Kirk just... For, he's always been this way, just for whatever reason, really doesn't like testing those. I was thinking about this with Cousins, too, about 
Like when we look at arm strengths, one thing we kind of don't look at is how long it takes to wind up to get that ball out of there. And mm-hmm. I think with Cousins, his interceptions, and I forget who this was. Maybe it was Matt LaFleur who said when we asked him about Cousins, he was like, well, he's an anticipation type of thrower, so sometimes that results in interceptions. And I wonder when it comes to Cousins, he really has to do it exactly right to throw in the way that he wants to throw. He isn't a flick of the wrist guy to get it out of there quickly. And I wonder if when it comes to those tight windows, it takes more for him to do it than someone like Mahomes, someone like Rodgers, who can just snap their fingers and the ball is out of their hands. Even Jimmy G, I think that that's the difference between them is Garoppolo has that really quick release, which I think is harder for defenses. I think that that plays into it of why he doesn't have 1000% trust in his arm to fire it into tight windows. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to how well a quarterback can like disassociate their upper body and still get a lot of strength versus their lower body. I don't think Kirk really has that in him where like he has to have his feet under him in a particular way. And like, go through the the literal, like, perfect, picture-perfect throwing motion, whereas you look at guys like, I don't know, Mahomes, Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, basically all the best, even Dak Prescott, who really doesn't have, like, a great arm, but he's very good at disassociating his feet when he needs to and still getting, you know, 95% of whatever arm strength he has. I think he's really good at that. Kirk, I don't think he, he is very good at that, and that's why even while he can like get outside of the pocket a little bit there's too many situations I think if you have to make you know one quick jab step in the pocket to then make a quick throw that's just not really something Kirk has it in his arsenal the same way that a lot of these other guys have I mean even Drew Brees Drew Brees doesn't have a good arm which I think is more true now this year than in previous years but if you watch I don't know 2018 Drew Brees where the arm is a little bit more there even though it wasn't great, he was still really good at just getting everything out of only his upper body and being able to make throws all over. want to remind you to go to sodastick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There are many great designs. Someone on Twitter recently sent their John Randall shirt, and there's the Can't Stop the Thielen hats, the Tecmo Bowl throwback shirt, and much more. All of their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use the code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com. Soda Stick, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. Yeah, that's a great point. And with Cousins, the reason he's so great at bootlegs, I think, is because he can time out his steps perfectly. And yep. he, you can could, you could almost see it. It's almost like watching a golfer in slow motion where you can see all the parts work together. And when he rolls to his left and does the flip your hips thing and throw across his body – it's great. I mean, it, it really a, is. He is as good as that as anybody else. But when it comes to if he's going to duck a tackler and then be on the move and all that, um, it really has to be something open down the field. And you can tell that he does not have any sort of trust in that. And all those things play into why it's difficult for him. Now, my question for you is how much does this matter? So, I mean, I mentioned nine games where I went through just all the box scores and remembering myself from covering the games. And, I mean, over a sample size of two and a half years, nine games is a lot that you get into these tight situations. And especially when you're playing a bad defense, I don't think it's too much for a fan to look at this and say, or the team who signed him for a huge contract, to say, can you please? 
can you please win more than you lose of these games? Because that's why we signed you. There's another part of me that says, you know, a tiger doesn't change his stripes just because you make the tiger a millionaire, right? I I mean, (laughs) look, someone could tell me, hey, man, go out and dunk. Here's 10 million bucks. I expect you to dunk. I'm like, okay, but I can't. That's not something. Right. (laughs) But I'm very rich now. I mean, so I think that there's this every time people tweet me about, like, they should expect him to win these games. He's getting paid this much money. I think like, well, that's not his fault. I mean, he didn't pay himself this. And it doesn't change who he ever was from his time in Washington to his first two years to who he is now and what you need to win with him as your quarterback. I think you're spot on. I think, yeah, first of all, you shouldn't expect that from him in the sense that, yeah, like you paid him knowing who he was and you paid him with the expectation that you could have this run game and you could have this play-action pass game, which actually they do have this year. The problem is the other part of the equation was having a good defense that would make that more effective, and they really don't have that this year, and I think we saw that, especially at the end of the Cowboys game. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just like it's it's just kind of frustrating that he's ended up in that spot, but it, it, I don't know. So like is you said, it... a, a Tiger just is not going to change his stripes. That kind of just is who Kirk Cousins is. And I think actually the other point is like, those drives do matter, but at the end of the day, Kirk is also, outside of this year, I think, is generally a good enough quarterback who is letting you win games before they get to this point. I think he's an, an above-average quarterback and wins you games before they get here. So I think that matters than how well you can win these drives. It's just it's frustrating when you can't do both, obviously. And here's another little bit of my research, is that this year, four times Kirk Cousins has led go-ahead drives in the fourth quarter, from being behind to being ahead. And uh, yesterday was no exception to that. He is one in three in those games. So he (laughs) got you ahead in the fourth quarter, and then the Vikings gave up a fourth and six, where Jeff Gladney did not have tight enough coverage. They give up, it's third down and goal. They don't get a stop there. They give up a wide open touchdown. Somebody went the wrong way. And I mean, I didn't see Kirk Cousins playing corner at that time. And I, and I know that I look, I am one of the people that looks at QB wins and says over a big sample, it tells a lot of the story. Like I saw someone tweet about Deshaun Watson and QB wins. Anybody want to gamble with me on whether he'll be a winning quarterback at the end of his career? I bet he will. <laughs> it might be down now, but I bet he will because he's great. Um, and I think that your quarterback does ultimately control that and those situations play into it. But um, I, I also don't think that you should look at him and say, wow, got to get rid of him. He's the worst quarterback in the world. It's all his fault, for example, is what we got yesterday. Like, this is, this is why you can't have – like, look, your team right now has a ton of problems, and you extended a quarterback that is not a – plays on a team with a ton of problems and wins quarterback. So I think if you want to point the finger, I don't know if you point it at the guy who's always been himself. I think you put it at the team for saying – well, no, he can just overcome this, this, that, and the other thing, and that's not who he is. Right. I mean, and really, how many of those quarterbacks where you can fully overcome everything are there? And even then, like, look at Deshaun Watson. Like you mentioned, he's – Deshaun Watson might be the third best quarterback in the league right now, and it doesn't matter. Granted, the Texans are, like, a really extreme example. Um, but still, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think Kirk has – I think the funny thing about Kirk this season in particular is, like you mentioned, he's had a handful of those drives in the end where he did get a go-ahead, and then they blew it. Um, And I think the thing is, like, Kirk has actually, I think, been playing a lot of good football this year. It's just that his bad football has been so memorable. Like, I think the the Colts game um, and the 
Falcons game in particular were so bad. And so when you couple that on top of the, the fact that the team is has a losing record overall, it's really easy to blame Kirk Cousins, even if like he's probably been like about average to above average in terms of like his overall, you know, um, body of work for what he is as a quarterback. It's just, yeah, the team overall is losing, even if it's not his, his fault. And it's easy to blame the quarterback for that. Even if, like you mentioned, there's like 500 different issues with this team. And this is why it would make so much more sense in 2018 to sign him, even though I had reservations myself. But in 2018, you sign him and put him on a team that just went to the NFC Championship. That makes sense. Putting Mm -hmm. him on a rebuilding team and paying him that much money and not admitting that you're a rebuilding team, that's where I think you can have the trouble. Um, So I totally understand the frustration for fans with this. I just think, like, this is who your team decided to sign up for and uh, that's not really his his fault exactly. And like you said, um, there have been some great games where I think that they've put him in disadvantageous situations, and he's kept them close. I, I think that his performance against Chicago and his performance largely yesterday against Dallas, those give you a chance to win when you probably shouldn't have, right? So I don't know. I, I, can, I tend to, like, depending on the day, go back and forth on this, but I, but I think – I I think it's unfair to look at it and just focus on these final drives. Yes, they are a weakness of his and say, well, you know, this is why he's trash. Like, I I just, I think that's a little much. Especially like if it was a situation where Kirk all throughout the year had been playing not that well through the first three and a half quarters and was constantly putting himself in these situations. Right. Okay. Maybe you have an issue here, but like, I think like we both said, like Kirk has, really outside of one or two games played pretty well and well enough to win in a lot of these games. Um, And then just the defense in particular is making it really hard for him at the end. And when you're not a quarterback who can really make up for that, then you just kind of get put in this, you know, situation that makes it seem like it's probably more your fault um, than it it should look otherwise. You ready to rank some stuff? I think we can try. Let's rank some stuff. All right. So uh, I think we should go back and forth, and then we can dispute if uh, you disagree with the other person. So um, why don't we just get it off the uh, table right away? I'll just pick with the number one overall selection to take a game-winning drive with one minute left. Patrick, whatever his middle name is, Mahomes. Because, oh, my God, against the Raiders. It was just like, boop, boop, game over. Like, this is what we're talking about. These are the hardest situations in the world, and no one ever does great except for that guy. It's easier for him, if anything. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, you're going to play everybody back, and I just have to dodge a few rushers? Like, no problem. So, now, who's second, though, for you? Who is after Patrick Mahomes? I think Deshaun Watson, because really, I think in the way that they play out those situations is almost really identical. And I think they're both really sharp, really good at moving around the pocket. It's just that if, you know, Deshaun Watson is an eight out of, you know, an eight and a half on the physical scale out of 10, Mahomes is a 10. And so even if they play the same way, Mahomes is just simply more talented. But mm-hmm. I think they're both fantastic. And Watson is, is probably my number two here. I will go uh, A.A. Ron. Aaron Rodgers. He did it uh, yesterday and he will probably do it a bunch more times before he retires. The the arm talent is just never going to not be a factor. Sorry for the double negative. But like when you think about you think about how there's only like 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the history of our lovely sport 
who you'd say, oh, yeah, that guy will win it for you. Like, just give him the ball. John Elway, you know, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, who we'll get to, Aaron Rodgers. Like, there aren't that many where you'd say that guy's going to win six out of ten as opposed to three or four out of ten. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers will forever be that guy, the creativity, the arm talent, all those things. So he would be my next pick. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I mean, just if anybody remembers the Hail Marys he threw against Arizona, like that alone is just like – Does not matter. And that's just what he does. Um I think my next pick, I, I, if I were picking third, it probably would have been between these two. I think my next is Russell Wilson, just because I think if you just look at overall body of work, he's probably the second best quarterback in the league right now. And even if, you know, maybe you think there's some other guy that, you know, maybe if you think Tom Brady is a little more clutch or whatever, which is, I think, a totally valid argument. I think Russell Wilson is just way too talented to to pass up on this spot. Well, I saw it. Right there up close and personal against the Vikings. <laughs> Two fourth downs and just heaving it down the field. I mean, yeah. The, the Again, the arm talent, the escapability. And I think you laid it out perfectly. What 10 out of 10 talents do you have? Well, those are those two, and they translate perfectly to these situations. Well, now I think I got to go with OGs here. Now, it's hard to pick between Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you have an opinion on which one of them at this moment you would take, but I almost just want to bundle them as like the olds who I don't want to have the ball because they're just (laughs) legends. Yeah. Um, I think I'm fine with just bundling all three on this pick. Um, to me personally, I probably would pick Brady just because I think one, it's funny to say, I think, especially in comparison to Roethlisberger, but I think Brady has the best arm of them all right now. How exactly he's gotten there is who knows. Um, but TV I think twelve baby. Yeah, it's the TV twelve <laughs> diet. Um, but I think if avocado you just, ice cream. Sorry, I'll, yes. <laughs> if you just assume that they're all fairly close in terms of like, yeah, how well they process the game, how well they handle pressure in these situations. I think if all that's a wash and you just need the guy who's going to maybe have a little bit more accuracy, maybe a little bit more arm strength, I think Brady's the one right now. After these guys. Who do you take? Because this is where it gets really interesting, I think. And this is where I, this is where our guy starts to come into play, our subject of discussion today. Like, uh, okay, he's clearly you would clearly not pick him over Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady, but is he in the next ballpark, or do you have other picks that you would go with first? I have at least a couple that I would put over Cousins right now for sure, and I won't I won't say all of them yet, but I think the one I would take here is probably Kyler Murray. Yeah. Just because he's a guy who has a lot of those, you know, 10 out of 10 traits. His arm is fantastic. He's really good moving outside the pocket. Um, he's a really creative player, which I think you need in a lot of these situations. Um, he's really, I, I think the only reason you might not want to rank him higher is he's just so young and we just haven't necessarily seen him do it all that much yet. But I think he's a guy who in three years from now is probably going to be in the next year. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. 
you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, this is a tough one for me because I was thinking about the wheels were turning on game-winning drives, and I was thinking about how Matt Stafford has a lot of game-winning drives, but also how often you need to be losing to have that many game-winning drives. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like, wait, if you had eight in a season, that means, like, you were lose and you lost seven games. That means, like, 15 out of 16 games you were losing mm-hmm. late in the game are, like, you probably had a role in that. I don't know how much credit I want to give him. I mean, he's got the great arm talent, and I don't know. I mean, is there – there's something to guttiness, grittiness, all those things. I don't know if he's got it or not, or it's just he's – it's circumstantial with him. But I think he goes next here because of the pure arm talent. I don't think Stafford is a bad pick here. He he is in my net. He was one of the three that I was talking about. The other one is actually funny because I don't think he's a great quarterback on aggregate, but it might be Josh Allen just because okay. of the pure like yeah. just the pure ten out of ten talent stuff. I mean, just his arm talent is like even if he's maybe not picking the right throw, if he can throw it sixty yards down the field to Stephon Diggs, like there's mm-hmm. only so many times you can you can deal with that. And he's obviously, you know, got the the young Ben Roethlisberger stuff where he can move around and just shake tackles. Like, I think the boneheadedness matters less in these situations where you think you already might lose anyway. That that stuff matters more when you need to not get into a position to lose. But when you're in a screw it, we got to flip the coin anyway. Like a guy like Josh Allen is is honestly not not bad to have. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. And his throw to Stephon Diggs against Arizona was preposterous. And that's it, it was insane. Of course, they were up like twenty-three to nine, and he threw some interceptions <laughs> and made some bad right, plays that, that got them there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, there might be a comp there with him and Matt Stafford of like mm-hmm. he's obviously a better runner, but um, in Stafford's a little more accurate. But maybe just that. Um, starts the house on fire and then comes and puts it out kind of element. Now Mm. hard for me is Justin Herbert because he's got ridiculous arm talent, but also he never really did this in college and he still hasn't really done it in the NFL where there's something, I don't know, there it's, it's hard to say. I mean, skill set wise, maybe he does, maybe he seizes up a little bit. Maybe it needs more experience, more age. I don't know. He's got the talent to be great at it, but I haven't seen him be great at it. The other one is Lamar. Um, 
Huge fan still of Lamar Jackson's game. I still think he's really good losing to offensive linemen, having an offensive coordinator that doesn't ever change his offense, um, not having receivers. All those have played into his drop-off. But when it comes to, buddy, you got to throw the ball, that's where that's where that's a problem. But my question is, would you put Herbert or Lamar ahead of Cousins slash Derek Carr, who might be the same person? I think I still would because even if you, even if like Lamar and Herbert, especially with being how young he is, even if they haven't necessarily shown it all that much yet, one with, I think Lamar in particular, like a lot of the times they're just leading in games and he doesn't even need to do it. So like the sample on it is pretty small, but also just like, to me, if I put these guys in equal offenses and I just assume that all of them are not particularly great at this anyway, I'm going to just take the ones who are more talented. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and like Lamar and and Herbert, I think, I don't think anyone would argue that they're not more talented than Cousins. So um, I think I would, I would probably take those two over Cousins at this point. So if we're starting to kind of form tiers in this, I think we've probably covered like three tiers and then it's the next one Mm -hmm. where I think we do get to Cousins with Jared Goff Jimmy Garoppolo. One really interesting one is here, uh, or there are a couple interesting ones, Teddy Bridgewater and Dak Prescott. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, when he was in Minnesota, was called two-minute Teddy. He had a lot of these. <laughs> he, ha- he does have great anticipation throwing, and he does have a mobility factor to him and a creativeness to him to where he can escape the pocket, keep his eyes downfield. I don't know that he'll ever be the 2015 version that was ascending again, though. Um, and Dak Prescott, I've seen him struggle in these spots. It seems many, many times. I feel like he's got the skill for it, but he has not had it translate, similar to what we were talking about Herbert, except for he's got a bigger sample. And then there's someone like Matt Ryan, another old who I don't really know what to do with. Um, how would you kind of sort through all of these things? I think actually, Dak, I probably would have either at the top of whatever this tier was or at the very bottom of the last one. But I think I just love Dak, like, on aggregate, mm-hmm. even if he's, I think also part of the problem with Dak is like, he's been in that situation so often in part because the defense has just been atrocious for a while sure. that we kind of remember when these things happen to him. So, um, but I think I love Dak. So I'd probably have him yet yeah, the top of this one or bottom of the other one. Um, Teddy, like, I think Teddy falls into really all the same problems that Cousins does where he's just not a quarterback who, wants to be playing in these situations and I don't think he has like any trump card like I mentioned like he doesn't have anything that can be like yep that's how he's going to win you the game it's he's the guy who's going to have won you the game with 30 completions in the first three quarters like that's just kind of the way he plays um who are the other ones Matt Ryan I think is good but at this point I don't think he's anything special I'd probably still take him over Cousins like if I just were to put them on the same offense but I don't think that one's one I would really argue all that much. Um, Ryan Tannehill is actually one we hadn't mentioned yet, but I think I I would comfortably have him over Cousins, I think. Because I think even if he's not, like, that much more aggressive, really, I think his arm is just a lot better, and I think he's a better athlete. So, like, he's he's really kind of just like a a juiced-up version. (laughs) A former receiver. It's never been mentioned on any broadcast. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, And Jimmy G, Jared Goff kind of same deal like even with cousins i I would have them under cousins actually because i I think neither of them are as smart as cousins because even if 
like one, I don't think either of them are like more talented in a glaring way than Cousins. It's like maybe you could argue their arms are slightly better, but I don't really think that that's true. And I think both of them are worse on the move, honestly. Even if we mention like Cousins isn't like, you know, good at making that one jab step move or whatever, neither mm-hmm. of those two. So who cares? if this is the comparison. And like I said, I think Kirk is just overall smarter. So you might have more situations where he can string together a slower game winning drive. Whereas like with those two, I just, I I really don't trust them for anything. (laughs) And guys, we would definitely not want. Uh, There are some who I'm not even sure NFL quarterbacks going forward. Drew Locke is one of them. Uh, I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing uh, maybe it was, maybe we discussed this a little bit that I was saying like Drew Locke has a Ryan Fitzpatrick career coming where he plays 15 years in the league and starts for a bunch of different teams and nothing ever really happens. Um, uh, Jake Luton, of course, is at the top of the list. We forgot him in tier one, but (laughs) is like, I don't know what to do with what's left of Cam Newton. Like he's trying really hard. That's I, I actually think Cam is playing really good football right now. I think he had what it was like weeks four to yeah the COVID four to eight maybe yeah he like he had one bad game before COVID actually mm-hmm. he had one like pretty rough one but he's prone to have like a few of those a year anyway and then he got COVID yeah and then he was like really bad for two weeks after coming back for it mm-hmm. um, but then he had had two really good two two or three really good games after that and then he was okay. Um, this last weekend. So I would probably still have Cam above Cousins just because even if Cam can't really move the way that he used to, I think his arm talent like is just there's going to be some 25-year-old, 25-yard throw over the middle of the field that he's going to at least try that Cousins probably isn't even going to attempt. I saw even yesterday he completed a pass that traveled 58 yards in the air. So He'll do that every yeah. now and then too. <laughs> he's still got that. Okay, I – I like how we've we've laid this out. Uh, Joe Flacco, obviously, we missed in the That's elite here. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, to me, I've got at the very bottom. I just like I, I, that's a note to me too. Yep. They're working around him almost the same way that Stefanski and Pat Shermer did when Case Keenum was here. I mean, that's kind of the way that it looks. Um, Carson Wentz threw three interceptions during this podcast to both of us. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> he, he's broken, man. I, I don't. We don't have to get like get into that entirely, but like Wentz this year is just something. It's just monstrously. It's just very wrong. The bigger discussion is um, supporting casts are a big deal for some quarterbacks. Let mm-hmm. me wrap us up on this. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. These three fellas. You got to pick one to win the Super Bowl. Final drive. A minute left. Go the length of the field. Which guy you picking? I mean, I think it has to be Lawrence. I think he has. I mean, he has the best arm. He's got more than enough of the aggressiveness in him to to make all the throws that you need to. And he's plenty mobile. He might not be. Um, I mean, he might not be Lamar Jackson or whatever. But like, he's gonna be able to move around and do all the stuff you need to do. And he's really comfortable throwing from those weird platforms like a Deshaun Watson or whatever. So. I can't disagree, but I do love Zach Wilson. I I, I do love Zach Wilson. I thought so about it, and if. For this particular situation, even if I think Fields is a better quarterback on aggregate, for that particular situation, I I might take Wilson just because 
he will do something just crazy enough that might work out, and that's what you need in those spots. <laughs> I saw that he had a headband that said something like "Any team, anytime, anywhere," and I just thought mm-hmm. this guy's got a little bit of Jim McMahon in him that I love. Yep. <laughs> uh, Derek Klassen, make sure you follow him on Twitter at QB K L A S S. As always, tremendous content that you're putting out, and uh, you are the you're the the perfect guest for booking. Where I just send you a DM like, "Want to talk football?" Hell yeah, let's talk football. So we did. Great stuff, man. I'm always down, man. That's you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm a great pinch hitter, you know. 